Hi, you. Welcome back to Intuitive Art Sales. This is the show where I, Jessica Carrera, am going to teach you how to source your art marketing from within. For the next little bit, I want to switch gears and share something with you called the Artist Success Interview Series. This series is a little bit different than what we've been doing because instead of me sharing my thoughts, my opinions, my advice, I'm going to flip the tables and help artists who have had success selling their art share with you what they think has been the biggest catalyst for them and their success. I'm going to be asking them about practical tips, mindset tips, and just whatever it is that they want to share with you to help you sell more art. So with that, let's get into it. Welcome back to Intuitive Art Sales. This is our Artist Success interview series, and I'm here with beautiful Inga Flint. We have worked together a couple times here and there over the years. It's been a minute, though. And so when I was asking her if I could re-air our last Artist Success interview series that was not part of this podcast, it was a part of my blog, but I really liked them. I thought they'd be a good fit. And she's like, you know what? That's not really where I'm at right now. I have been changing gears. I've been moving countries. I've been trying some different stuff. And I thought that it could be really fun and interesting to hear in her mind kind of how she is pivoting based on what's happening in her life and in her business. Nothing stays the same. And so knowing how to work with that, whether it's inside of yourself or outside of yourself, whether it's things you can control or not, is such an important skill for an entrepreneur. And I consider us all entrepreneurs, in case you didn't get that. If you are an artist who is selling your art, you are an entrepreneur. So Inga is an abstract artist. I asked her where she was in her business, how would we describe it? And she said, oh, I'm just muddling away, which I thought was the best description. And she has been really dedicated and at it for about the past eight years. There was some other stuff in there, photography and MFA breaks and whatnot. But for about the last eight years, she has been building this art business of hers. So that was really long and rambly. Welcome, Inga. Well, thank you for having me. It's so nice to see you again, Jessica. I'm so excited um, to have you. Yeah. I'm going to be real and honest. Just, Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm like, it's just so nice to talk to you because I think if I was talking to anyone else, I'd be I'd be really nervous. But I'm like, it's Jessica. It's all good. We're just it's having me. a conversation. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's not just you. It's you, I think, is the point. Aww. Not just you. Yeah. So it's nice okay. to see you. Well, I will also say that it is... 6 p.m. my time and I do not work past 3 30 or 4 but I made an exception because Thank I wanted you. to talk to you and you're now in Australia so you know yeah kind of work this all out so okay let's backtrack a little bit I said I was gonna ask you some questions but I don't think we're there yet okay so I want to hear a little bit about what has changed let's say in the past year between what you were doing and what you're doing now and why, just so we can catch everybody up a little bit. So I think at the beginning of last year, which was 2022, because I think everyone's going to look back on 2023 and be like, it'll have that same resonance as like, if you say 2020, everyone's like, oh yeah, okay. So 
I was working on making work and releasing them online myself. That was my main goal, I think. And then I was living in Southern California. I was doing a lot of driving. Like, I think I was doing maybe almost two hours a day. So I listened to a lot of podcasts and then I started really liking like podcasts from news outlets like the New York Times and BBC. I had a lot of time to listen to these news podcasts and every time I it just over time I had this really like scary, not scary vision, but the, the way things were falling into place. I was like, man, 2023 is not going to be a year to sell art. It is going to be a very slow year. And so around almost around this time last year. I went, I'm going to have to like change my strategy. Whatever I'm doing now will absolutely not work in 2023. And I'm not even going to try it because I've seen what's coming and I'm like, okay, how am I going to pivot? And I'm actually really thankful that 2023 has been a super slow year because I think there were problems in the way I'd structured things, the way I'd structured my business. But it's been a good way to look at what I've been doing and going, actually, that is not really a great idea just to have, you know, one income stream. Like, even though I would be thinking I need multiple income streams, I really only had one and that was selling work, whether it was selling work here with me or selling work at a gallery, it was still just selling work. Gotcha. And I feel I was going to ask you about that because I know that I think in our last conversation, that was mainly based around selling work through a gallery that was doing really well for you. But I also know that you were selling work online. So just to clarify, one income stream for you is not just selling art, whether it's coming from different places, it's doing more than just selling fine art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt like, you know, when the economy drops... And people cannot afford to buy luxury items. Like I know in some countries, you know, that mortgage rate is so high that people really can't afford. It is a luxury. Like they can barely afford to pay their mortgage and get food. Like that's it. You're maxing out. So I was like, when the economy's like that, and we've had this amazing decade where like from 2010 to like 2020, where we had really historically low like interest rate mm -hmm. and people had cheap money and they had a lot of money they could just spend and then COVID happened and people had more money because they weren't going on their trips they weren't spending money on like commuting or lunches out because there was nowhere to go so and now we've had a time where mortgages are really expensive and yeah and so I'm like well if I don't know how long this will continue for but in this kind of climate I won't sell as much work I will still sell work but it won't be as much and I can't like rely on it I suppose as a as significant income stream I'm not going to even factor it into my thinking of how I'm going to earn money I suppose mm. so you're basically saying I'm going to take all the pressure off my art yeah basically I'm still going to do it I'm still going to try I'm still going to put myself out there in all the ways that I've learned to do it in the past eight years but I'm going to create another plan that makes that one okay if it doesn't go as well as it has in the past. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. So it's not like I'm not making work. I am still making work. I'm still putting it in shows. I'm lucky enough to have things sell. I've also got to the point where we've actually just like this week started discounting some of my older work at the gallery. Mm -hmm. 
And before that would have made me feel really like, oh, I can't do that. That is like lowering the value. The value. And I was like, so now I'm like, actually, this is okay. It's okay that this can't work. It's okay because this is going to support the gallery that I'm with. It's going to support me. And, and it's, better than, it's better to do this rather than just to completely go under. This is like a unique set of circumstances and you kind of have to, I feel like you've got to react in a unique way. And this is not normally how I would react, but I'm like, this is the way it is this year. And this is, and I'm actually really, I feel empowered by it rather than like, oh, I'm discounting my work. I'm like, no, I'm discounting my work. And like, this is going to provide money for me, like a thing sell. And that's exciting. And then we're like, then we can make new work for the store. And I'm like, that's exciting. So my favorite thing about what you just said is that it felt empowering to you. You made a decision that maybe is not right for you in some other timeline and it's not right for other people. Sure. Yeah. But you feel empowered by your decision, which means I always feel like that is the right decision. Yeah. Because that means you're like really in it and feel good about it. And it's the way for you to go. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote something down in my journal a while back. It was something like, The world is always on the verge of chaos. Like news outlets make it so. And, you know, the world is always on the verge of chaos. It's just human nature. But being able to work with that flow will make or break an entrepreneur, which we just established that you are. So what you are doing is finding your own way to work with that flow so you don't get broke and you keep creating momentum to build and move forward. Yeah, because it's not always going to be like this. No. But yeah, it feels good to be able to pivot and have the ability to pivot and people, you know, encouraging you in that as well. So, And I also want to say flip side of all of this is like there are still artists who are making money, who are making more money than they were before. So if you're feeling discouraged that you're not making as much, or that you're not growing as fast as you want to, just take a couple of steps back and say, you know what, there's all these things going on. How am I going to take the skills that I have, the tools, the knowledge, what I know to be true, and how I'm going to make something that I feel empowered to move forward with? So part of the reason I wanted to have you on today is because I really loved your ideas about moving forward and what was going to be your plan for 2023 and how you're going to not necessarily rely on your art and just talk a little bit about that and then we'll go into some of these questions okay I think like when I had made a decision that this was not going to be a great year it also coincided with like we had pretty much made a decision we were going to move because Mm -hmm. of my husband's income Um, And we weren't able to make it work in Southern California. So I was like, okay, well, I better do a studio sale. So I tried, I pretty much sold all my work, all my stock. And I just, yeah. And then I used that money to buy supplies because it's super expensive in Australia and New Zealand to buy art supplies, but it is cheap, cheaper in America. So I was like, I wanted to take advantage of that and, and bring some back with me so I wouldn't have to worry about financing supplies at least and so after that like I had applied for a grant with a 
government organization called Creative New Zealand, obviously in New Zealand. <laughs> and I applied for a, a show that I was putting together. So I applied to a gallery to curate my first group show. And then I made the decision that I was going to create a digital course in 2023 to supplement. So I would have different income streams from like grants, from hopefully from digital course. <laughs> We're going to get that course made for me. You've been We're talking about it for great. a hot minute. Yeah. Like, but the thing is, this is like actually tied to the grants. So I got the grant money to make the course. I'm like, usually at this point in time, I'll be like, you know what? That course thing, it was really great that like, you know, six mm -hmm. months ago, but now I'm petrified and I just don't think I can do it. And I'm like, no, no, you've got to do it. Cause that grant, yeah, the grant is not getting paid back. I'm not no. paying that grant. I'm keeping the grant. I'm sorry. You're going to have to do the course. Put your big girl pants on, get it done. You can do it. You I are the third it. artist I have talked to this week about creating a course. And most oh, of them really? were pretty established artists. Like they can sell work. They know what they're doing. They've been around for a minute, but everyone's thinking about courses. And I know that that's always been a little bit of a thing in the past, but it feels like it's really starting to materialize into artists want to make courses in a real way for me. Maybe it's just who I've been talking to. I don't know, but I just think that that's interesting. So grants, course, we're not really counting our work, but I think we should. Yeah. So this year I wanted to go forward using 2023 as mostly, a, I wanted to treat it like a residency year. So that was part of the reason why I had a studio sale to just try and build up some income mm -hmm. so that I can say, Hey, you know what? Like you, you're going to make work and you know, you will still send some work out to shows. But the whole idea was to make a few really good bodies of work so that like when things start getting better, to like pitch them to galleries, apply for solo shows, apply for group shows with this body of work that I have made this year. That was the other thing I was trying to remember yeah. from our previous conversation, residency. Okay, yeah. great. So Inga, we're talking about all this in the context of you making some really big pivots this year, which is great because you're empowered by that decision. So what would be one practical tip that you would like to offer to other artists about if they feel really solidly about, I need to pivot or bring in an additional income stream that's not just selling art, how would you tell them to start? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I think a couple of things. I keep thinking... Like I took up some casual work that my friend had and I will probably continue to work casually for her throughout the year and through until into next year. And it's not big money, but it is money. And mm -hmm. is it the kind of work that I'd be like, man, this is just, I'm like so in love with it. I was so happy to have that. I felt so lucky to have that opportunity. And I was talking to the checkout operator at the supermarket the other day and I was like, oh, how long have you been working here for? And just having a chat. And he was like, oh yeah, like this was going to be my six month gig. It was going to be a short term job. 
And I'm like, oh yeah, actually like now I think about it, what would stop anyone from going, hey, you know what? Times are really tough and it's hard to make things ends meet. You could go to the supermarket and work for four months. You know, it doesn't have to be, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and I've given up art. You're like, you can do that for four months, like just so that you can feel comfortable, right? You know, and give yourself some grace and just go, because I think we have this idea that, you know, to be an artist means I'm 100% doing art every day and that's what I do. But really, I think, you know, so often, especially down here in the Southern Hemisphere, like the cost of living is so high. It's actually a really difficult thing to do. It will be a part-time like gig for, for most artists, like you, because you can't afford to do it any other way. But we've been kind of selling into this idea. We have to like be that like full-time artist. That is the dream. And I'm like, well, actually we can do lots of different things and it doesn't make you any less of an artist, but it is a really good thing for you to go, actually, I just need to do this for three months just, just to make like me feel better, like my finances feel better, take the pressure off selling art if nothing's selling, like it's okay, we can do these things. Like this is, yeah. we can do lots of things and, and it doesn't mean that you stop making art. The one great thing about taking this work for my friend is that in the beginning when the work like it kind of ramped up so it was a kind of exponential amount of work so by the end I was working a lot of hours like into the night till 2am but at the start I was like I could do just two hours at night while you know my kids are watching like location 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 or something like that yeah I could sit there with them and do some work and I was like actually I can do these things I can make new pockets to work yeah I'm not saying you need to like work all the time but I never even thought I could use an hour and that would make a difference like an hour can make a huge difference if you do it like five days a week sure for art making for absolutely spending time with your family whatever it is yeah. so I do you remember Jess Bellarde yeah yeah I okay do. so it's just Courier now but um, she is teaching inside of my consistent income program, the art making side of things. And so kind of based on something I came up with that she came up with, we created this thing together, but it's a sliding scale of one is I need to make money hardcore right now. And 10 is I have spaciousness. I can take a gap year. What did you call it? Sorry. A residency year. A residency. Yes. I can take a residency year. And then there's all the numbers in between. And so if you're in this, I have to make money right now, you are operating your art business a lot differently than you are if you're on the other side of the scale where you're like, I have a little bit of spaciousness. I have this other income stream. I want to make the art that I want to make. And I've got some time to do it because my husband is making this and I'm making this. So we're basically covered. And so I have more time to do other things that I want to do. So in your case, what you're telling me is I wanted to bring in more income, not just through grants and not just through courses, but also through this side gig, because that gave me more space to make the art that I really want to make. 
Yeah, pretty much. There's no wrong place to be on the scale. It's just what is working for you at that moment in time. I don't think there's a wrong place to be on that scale, but I feel like if you are at a place where you're like, I need to make money now from my art, I feel like it can put a lot of pressure on your work. It can. You don't actually... I mean, if you already have the work made and then you're just simply trying to, you know, put it out there, that's a different thing. But I feel like if you're painting to make money and you feel desperate, I don't think it's a great place to be. And I don't know if it's just, that's just my opinion. So No, for sure. It's not my um, favorite. But some people yeah. are like, you know what? I don't care. And you're probably not going to feel this way. But other people might that I don't care what I'm doing as long as I'm creating something and I'm not going into an office and I can make money at it I'll do whatever people want yeah okay yeah no then I can see that like there is definitely like work that you could make that you could sell whether you'd love that work or not that's probably the different story no exactly no the work you love is usually not on the desperate side of the scale they don't often work together unfortunately Unless you've been at it for a really long time and you just know people want this from me and I love making that and it all works out, Mm. but it doesn't always work that way. Well, like I just felt like because I had, there were a couple of other things that happened last year where I I was talking to an art consultant and I was part of a great art crit group in California and I really started realizing that I was making work to sell and I didn't like that they're like what are you doing you know you make work and you go here's my work do you want it not like what work do people want and it felt like I had been slapped in the face in the best best way and I like it was almost like I would have existential crises after having these conversations and I was like I really need to change things I'm like I want as opposed to always think I don't care what you want. I'm going to make the work I want to make. And it might not look where it me- it's meant to be right now, but just you wait, like just wait six months and this is going to be completely different and it's going to be where I want it to be. And not to be swayed by popular opinion. It's I a journey. It's, like It is a journey. Your work is not always going to be the best your work is and your work can and should pivot over time, which means it's going to go up and it's going to go down. Yeah. So a mindset tip that you would have for people who are really wanting to improve their craft and get better at what they want to make and stop worrying so much about what other people care about it. It's an ongoing, like I think having artist friends that you trust like that is not really a, a mindset tip, but it really okay. helps to have like eyes that you can, you know, I trust this person. And if they doesn't go, it's crap, then you go, okay. But if they turn around and go, I think, you know, I made a piece recently and I was like, oh, I don't know. I think I either love it or I really hate it. It's, I don't know which, I don't know how I feel about it. And, you know, when I posted it on my stories, I could feel myself being pulled toward caring if I got any hearts down in that bottom left hand mm-hmm. corner. Let's see those little hearts pop up. And I was like, no. And so I asked my friend, I'm like, you know, where is it? And she's like, I think you're on the precipice. I think you're, you're almost there, but you need to keep working. Because if I just followed those little hearts and what people thought, I would have been like, oh, maybe I'm just making crap. I just, oh. 
and I would have stopped. But hearing her saying, you know, you just have to keep going. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you're on the, on the verge of something really awesome. And I'm like, okay, all right, okay, we'll just keep going. And that felt really good, like to have people that I can trust. I got lucky, but I've been meeting like so many great people. Like I hate social media basically as a rule. I think there are so many bad things about it, but I have met so many beautiful people on it. That is the only reason why I'm on it. And I have so many great conversations with people. I think we just have to learn to be like more, more vulnerable, actually have to put ourselves out there and say, send, like I've been sending people audio messages and manic, just getting in touch with people and just sending a message and giving a damn about how they are. And yeah. I think it's, it's become this thing that everyone has to chase. I need to chase the hearts. I need to chase the shares. I need to chase the going viral. And so it takes all the humanity out of it. And I think, you know, what you're saying, we're chasing those hearts. And sometimes it's not consciously. And this is my problem with it. Like, I just want the endorphin rush. And you're like, no, you know, get it from Bethany somewhere else. Go outside, go for a run. Like, that's great advice. Okay, last question. And then I'm going to go make some chimichurri chicken. Nice. If you were talking to another artist who is three years into their art journey, not eight, they're a little behind you. What's a piece of advice that you would give them in order to get to the next place on their journey? Okay. So let me start with the contentious one, shall we? I have talked to like moms when I was in the States who had creative children who would look at me and go, oh, she's making it. Like, it's fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And I'd be like, what I would do if I was 18, if I knew I wanted to go into the creative arts, I would have been like, go and get trained in something medical. Like, get trained where you can work two days a week, earn big money, and then spend the rest of your week making art. Like, be your own patron. And so mm. anytime I've met young creatives, I'm like, this is you setting yourself up for a long career in the arts. And don't think of it as like, I'm going to go be an optician or I'm going to be like, you know, whatever. I don't want you to think about it like that. I want you to think about it as, I'm an artist and this is what's supporting me to do my art. And because my brother is a doctor and he can work very few hours a week and earn a relatively substantial amount of money. Mm-hmm. And so I kept going, oh man, I wish, I wish I knew at 18. I mean, I had an inkling, but I didn't really know. But if I knew then, I would have like prepared to be like, okay, so then I'm going to get this really great medical job that no one can walk into. You have to be educated. And then I would do two or three days a week and then spend the rest of my time for my art. And if it sells, it's great. And it doesn't mean I don't try and build a business, but it doesn't, it just takes that pressure off and it can be what it wants to be rather than, I mean, I need to sell this. I need to sell this to to make rent or to pay a mortgage or to pay the bills. It can just be what it is. It gives it space. So essentially you're saying do whatever it takes to live on the side of the scale where you can make art for art's sake. Yeah, pretty much. Some people are not going to agree with that. And they're going to say, no, I just need to live my purpose as an artist. And that is all that matters to me. And that's great too. Like there's no wrong 
way to think about it. It all comes down to what's most important to you. Is it your craft and being the best at it and finding what it is that you have to say? Or is it, I want to make money and do that at the same time? Like I want to find a happy medium or is it, I don't care. I just want to make stuff. So, and just, and having those critical sessions and realizing that I was actually just pandering to an audience rather than really digging deep. Yeah. You know, I was skimming. But you were like, in the middle, but you wanted yeah. to be on the end. I wanted to like think more deeply. I realized that I hadn't been like building a career in the art world. I had, I've been trying to sell art and I'm like, those, it doesn't mean those two things can't be together, but I had waited too heavily on one side and not focused and completely neglected the other. And I felt like that was something I needed to like, to rectify. So yeah. I like your perspective because not everyone shares it. And I think it's good to hear that perspective sometimes and say, this, yeah. is, this is a good perspective too. What was the second thing? you got to be brave. Everything feels scary. and. And if it feels scary, you just kind of have to do it. Just like we were saying before, like no one's really paying attention to you. No one's critically analyzing you. No one's watching you. Don't worry, just do it. Like no one's going to give a damn. Just do it. Yeah. Brave is one of my favorite words. And I say it all the time anyway, but repeated bravery is the fastest shortcut. I remember you teaching that. You just have to do it again and again and again until it becomes boringly like I do this all the time but it's nice thing when it happens gradually and almost organically when you start going oh and that's why I'm excited about creating this course because I am so petrified I am just so frightened like I am scared out of my wits and I'm like how the hell am I going to launch this oh my goodness, my mailing list is like not big enough. And I'm like, just do it. You just got to do it. Yeah. So I've been carving out time to, to be writing it. And mm -hmm. I did a lot of research actually, like market research at the end of last year, because I'm making a course about how to photograph your work better, as well as like a kind of DIY photo shoot. So how can you make professional images for your website and, you know, and socials? But yourself or like with the help of a partner. So I'm going to walk people through that. So I did a lot of research at the end of last year. I was talking to people. What do they want? What do they want? For, what would be helpful to learn? So in some ways I've done some of the work. It's just. That is a very great foundation. Like that's one of the very few reasons I would say, okay, don't actually create the thing yet because you are talking to people about mm what they want and what could be the most helpful. And yeah, so it was even fun to like start with that one subject and then go actually completely change it because what people were saying. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah. And it feels so, like, oh, I actually know this kind of stuff. I know this stuff. This is all stuff I know. Like, so it feels good. We can tie it back to that spectrum where it's mm. one, I just need to make money. 10, I want to make whatever I want to make. Five, what are the things people really want from me? And can it be one in the same with what I really want to make and what I'm really the best at? And so I think you found the best of both worlds inside that, that middle section where it wasn't really two separate things. They, 
your vision kind of blurred and they came together into one big circle. And so there was no mm. more spectrum. It was just the sweet spot of what you should do. Okay. If you were to tell people where to find you, contact you, where do you prefer that people go? You can find me on Instagram and my handle is thinking without talking. Yeah, it's thinking without talking. And my website is ingeflintart.com, which is I-N-G-E-F-L-I-N-T-E-Art.com. Very good. We'll also put links in the show notes in case. Okay, well, Inga, thank you so much for working with me and helping me, you know, figure out a time that we could both get this scheduled because I wanted to make it happen. Thanks so, so much. Okay, we will talk again soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get new episodes loaded straight onto your phone as soon as they're ready. And if you have a couple extra seconds in your day, would you take the time to rate this show with how many stars you think it deserves? I would be ever so grateful. See you next time.